0: outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Bubbles the football. Oklahoma takes over.
1: And what's up, everybody? Welcome to a special edition of the Inside OU Podcast. It's the offseason. So that means we've got four months of baseball to uh, entertain ourselves with OU football content as much as we can. And no, we're not going to bore you with the Mount Rushmore of OU quarterbacks or conference realignment. We'll get to that. We'll cross that bridge when we, when we have to get there, I mean, probably around July, so bear with us. In the meantime, our patrons know this on Through the Keyhole. Um, I was going to start putting out little interview podcasts with OU fans, maybe some former OU football players, anybody to do with OU sports, OU football at all, even you, if, you, if you're if you out there listening and you want to be interviewed about your OU fandom, just hit me up on Twitter at Brady Does Sports because, like I said, we've got a lot of time And we've got a lot of great listeners to this podcast, and I'd like uh, to get to know you guys a little bit better just to show my appreciation as much as possible. So, again, if you're interested in being interviewed about your OU fandom on a podcast, just hit me up on Twitter, and we can go from there. I already got a few messages to sift through to schedule out, so I'm looking forward to that. But Brady Trantham here. As always, no Keegan Renault, but I am joined by... Oklahoma State Representative, 92nd District, correct? Yeah, there we go. I wrote it down. I did my notes. Since 2016, Mr. Forrest Bennett of TikTok fame, sir. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, of course, of course. It's um, it's not every day you get a TikTok superstar on your uh, on your silly little podcast, so it's a great honor.
0: This is ridiculous, and I know that because of the 24-hour news cycle and social media being even faster that people will forget in uh, a couple days, but I'm enjoying it while they're not. <laughs>
1: no, It's um, again, like we kind of talked about this before. Um, it's a little silly, like the entire, like what the world is now, especially with social media, especially with uh, anything. It doesn't matter if you're in sports, sports media, politics, hell, you could be, I mean, there's nothing wrong with this profession at all. They make more money than I do. You could be a janitor, there's something to be said about just rec- name recognition. There's something to be said about all that, all those things. And at one point in my life, I thought it was all very silly. But as I'm doing right now, doing a podcast saying, hey, my name is Brady Trantham, retweet this, share this, all those things. It's uh, it's silly what we've become. But at the same time, it's, it's what we are. So um, I'm trying to have fun with it. So, again, you graduated from OU in 2012, right? And let's see. So I guess we were there around the same time. You know, I graduated in 2014, but I was – to say I was low on the totem pole (laughs) at the student base of OU is putting it lightly. You were doing far more important things than I was. I was getting getting very acquainted with, like, the bathroom floor of Logan's, which uh, unfortunately was in the news cycle over the last few months with that uh, unnecessary brawl. Uh, But uh, you – I mean, just go through, like, your OU experience as, as quickly as possible because I know there's a lot of bullet points.
0: Man, I, I'm st- I was stuck thinking about the Logans floor because that's uh, <laughs> a different place. Probably some science experiments could go on there. Uh, yeah, graduated in 2012, so I started my fall of 2008. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. And um, I joined a fraternity and I was involved in student government and uh, I ran for student body president. was was probably one of the one of the lowlights slash highlights. And I lost. I mean, I got my it's kicked. So. Um, uh, that, that taught what,
1: me a lot. Was there collusion? That's the big question.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> to this day,
1: probably think that. Prob-
0: no, it really just uh, the person that ran against me worked harder. And I learned, I learned that I
1: needed to work harder. What do you know? You, you take the L and you learn from it. That's right. You know, like, what, who does that anymore? Nobody. And you know what? To, <laughs> your,
0: to, to your point, I know it's like hard for both of us because neither of us really like self-promoting and we both find ourselves in industries where that is vital. Um, so, you know, I want you to know this. You're worthy of it. <laughs> you're worth it. Hey, you're hey, you're worth it.
1: Yeah, everybody take that sound bite for your uh, morning affirmation if you need it. That's right. And you listening right now? You? Yep. You. You're worth it. You are. And gosh darn it, people like you. Real quick about the ninety second district. I I looked this up. I live off twenty fourth in Hudson. I'm not in your district. Just north. Yeah, a little bit gosh. little bit north. But it's okay. You you're you're well represented.
0: Um, but also if you ever, if you ever need me to be your surrogate rep, I got you. <laughs>
1: That's the thing is I'm typically in the 92nd district. We are here at Vanessa House. I mean, this is not your normally scheduled Thursday pod from Vanessa. This is just, this just happens to be a spot where Forrest and I typically run into each other and thought, hey, happy hour. Let's go let's go have a few beers and uh, do a podcast. So but we're here amongst other things, for OU football, of course, because that's what, I mean, it's inside OU. So let's just start with the interview question, shall we? And it's going to be fairly easy. And Forrest, feel free to ramble as much as you want, to rant as much as you want, like get as philosophical as you want. This is all about you. So your earliest memory of being a fan. Oh, man, Uh, I think it was
0: the 2000, um, 2000, 2001 uh, National Championship.
1: January 2001 for the 2000 season. That's right, yep. yeah. Uh,
0: I, I, remember, I remember watching that and fighting to stay awake uh, on the floor of my grandparents' house. And I fell. I did, I fell asleep
1: and uh, <laughs> I had to ask my grandma who won the next day. No, he, here's the thing. Like, I was, was 10, about, I was, yeah, I was 10. I had just turned 10 in October that year. And, you know, like, my, my dad had raised me to be an OU fan. 1999 was around the time that I started, like, actually... Having enough self-control to sit down for three hours to watch a football game. Because, you know, before I just wanted to go outside and play with my friends. And so I got into OU football right when Bob Stoops was hired. And then they won the national title in 2000. And my dad had told me, like, all these stories from the 80s and the 70s of him growing up as an OU fan. And they won the national championship. Basically the second year that I start watching them play. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like, they're going to do this every year. And now the the national title drought can legally drink cuz it's been 21, <laughs> 21 seasons since OU hoisted the crystal ball so it's A couple uh, close
0: calls though. A couple,
1: couple close calls. A couple close calls, but I mean I mean you don't get trophies for second place. You don't get trophies for second place in politics, right? That is 100% accurate. <sighs> no, it's um we could it could be worse. We're spoiled as OU fans. So it could always it could always be worse. Well, We
0: are number 1 in uh, playoff losses, right?
1: Oh god.
0: So we've got that. <laughs> but I also like we have the experience. We have the playoff experience and you know b- big games are are different. I mean, pe- people try to prepare themselves mentally uh, like they like it's just another game, but let's be it's not.
1: Yeah. No, I mean every scenario is different. So OU beats Florida a few months ago in a New Year's Six Bowl in the Cotton Bowl. Typically, I'm of the opinion that I would rather go to the playoff, no matter what the result is, than win than win a New Year Six bowl or a lower bowl. In most cases, in last year's case, like that team needed to win a bowl game against a quality opponent in a big st- on a big stage to set the stage for this season. You know where they have national title aspirations. Uh, 2019, 2018, 2017, the playoff losses hey, they got there. They had a chance. They were outmatched in two of those games. Uh, That's going to happen when you get on the big stage with the big boys, so um, at the end of the day, it could, like I said, it it could be absolutely worse, but um, here's, like, the big philosophical question, and this is something that I'm really interested in getting into with not only you, but whoever else wants to jump on these podcasts, but what does OU football mean to you, and what I mean by that is, like, I'm a history nerd, so I've read, like, all these books about OU football history that when the program was started, like from just everybody that was involved with the early stages of the program in the 19th century to once it really became a powerhouse in the late forties, like all the big influencers around the program then. So to me, it it means so much more than we're a football state. So like, again, what does OU football mean to you?
0: Well, I mean, yep. There's the culture around it. Um, For sure, and everybody kind of has their own story, and I think that's kind of—I don't (laughs) know—it's to be to be to be in a lifelong Oklahoman and an OU fan. You know the the trope that that OU is our NFL team, and I mean for me right now in my life it means um, tense months uh, in the fall because my wife is an OSU grad and my boy, (laughs) yeah, and my my little brother's an OU, or I mean sorry OSU grad, uh, and um, so. There's a house divided situation there, which is why she and I lean in so much to, to the energy, which is also um, just du- just dutifully yeah, losing. Have a all sports the time.
1: outlet where we're, d- we're not trying to strangle each other, and we can <laughs> we
0: can both be sad about losing. Though she's better about about losing um, energy games because she's like, look, I'm an OSU fan. I'm, yeah, I'm with with her experience, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so I mean, you know, it's it's evolved for me. So like so today, that's what I think about. I also dated a girl from OSU throughout college, so like that that rivalry and the, and the sort of the tiptoeing around walking on eggshells after we win most of the game um, and and uh, all of that and then and as a kid it was like a way for me my older brother was an OU fan um, just just because neither of our parents were very much into sports so it was sort of just we kind of gravitated towards it and I guess I did because my older brother did and started watching it and and had to learn the learn the rules by just watching the game I didn't play which the high school coaches were pissed about because I'm six six. My older brother's six eight. My little brother six four. He they, they both played a little bit, but my my little brother's best skill was uh, was making sure that the bench was uh, sturdy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean for for context, everybody. I'm five foot eleven. We're sitting on bar stools right now, and he's looking down at me right now. It's a uh, it's a great feeling. But
0: looking up to you in so many ways.
1: I mean, you're in politics, you can you can pull a LBJ on people and just stand real close to them and like, hey, I need this bill passed.
0: <laughs> I, in in normal circumstances, but
1: not in the COVID. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> well I mean I, I see I see video of the Capitol every once in a while. It doesn't seem like they care. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: You walk into that building and it may not it may as well not exist. It's a mosh pit in there. It is without any music.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. no. No, um, it's COVID COVID as much as I want to be excited for, you know, the, the fall season, I've kind of seen that over the last few months is basically, we will know for sure by football season, if we've truly turned the corner and we can go back to our old luxuries that we all enjoyed. So concerts, both big and small uh, football games, basketball games, full stadiums, all those things like that to me, like football season was going to be like the crowning achievement of getting a vaccine so that we can do all those fun things.
0: Yes, as it should be in Oklahoma. And, I mean, I guess I'm still thinking about your, your question. I, I think probably the overarching thing for me, what what OU football means to me is that shared experience was like the first. Because I, I go to concerts, and I'm so sorry for the people who end up standing behind me. <laughs> I, I try to get over <laughs> the side. But... Um, Ou games were were for me. I mean, I remember the first OU game I went to was but was Bedlam, and I was a senior in high school. That was the first time I went because I grew up in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and um, and we just we didn't have we certainly we just didn't have the means to do that. But I got I had a friend who who got us tickets, and it was my foreign exchange student from Norway and I. Oh wow! Drove down uh, in my like 1981 beater, and um, thankfully made it and and had a great great time. That was a close game, if I recall. Um, but it was you know it, that. That shared experience, um, of, of of you know, having having a stop at the at the one yard line or, or getting that touchdown. I mean, those those are memories for me. Hugging strangers, in moments of
1: euphoria is like a lot of fun. Absolutely. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> and then when I was in college, doing that as well. Like the people that I met, there are people that I know now that I met at the games that I've that I've kept up with, and it's been almost ten years.
1: Yeah. No, that what was it? I think it was OU, OSU, and Stillwater in twenty ten. So it was the game where there were, like, three touchdowns in the final two minutes of the game. OU scored two of them. They were, like, 80-yard touchdowns. And I was in the OU section in Stillwater, and there was this this woman who was about in her, maybe her late 50s, early 60s. You know, I did, we didn't know each other. And we have these big touchdowns in this big close game, and <laughs> we just start cheering, and I just give her, like, the biggest hug <laughs> in the world. So it's, like, stuff like that. And I want to be able to do stuff like that. Not that I really... I mean, I'll admit, maybe I'm a little elitist here. I stick to my tailgate during OU football games because we're right in the shadow of the stadium on campus, and so I'm haven't really been in the stadium for an entire game in a f- handful of years. But I might, you know, for Nebraska, I might show up, I might stay the entire time, and if OU starts scoring touchdowns, I might hug some strangers. I want to be able to do that without feeling any guilt.
0: Yeah, that's sort of be, like that's the epitome of coming back to normal in Oklahoma, I think. Is is that? I mean, I remember. Yeah, I, I remember hugging a bunch of people. I, I wish, I, if you're listening to this and we we shared a hug, at an OU game, reach out to me. Let me know. What what game was it? Oh, and there was there was a game that I got to co- I got to go down onto the sideline, and that was amazing, and like. Uh, uh, Jermaine Gresham put his put his arm around me, and that was just a big moment and I, that I assumed that everyone saw and remembered, <laughs> uh, and no one did. But
1: uh, th- yeah, you need to like just slap your friends for not taking a picture. Truly.
0: Also, uh, since then, there's a group of current and former legislators, just uh, friends that I knew before and and knew uh, when we were in the legislature together. Some of them are out um, now, but we we go to like one away game during. During football season, yeah, um, and sometimes it's like the out of conference one. So Ohio State, we went up there. Oh wow, we knew, and so that was like that was opening opening weekend for football. And I remember we stopped in Indianapolis and we watched uh, we, we we watched my Chiefs beat the Patriots uh, on Thursday night. I oh, think. was
1: that the Kareem Hunt game, where they yes, yeah, so yeah, we just uh, went off. Yeah, and they said Tom Brady was washed after that, and now he's won yeah. two yeah. Super Bowls. He then. has he has
0: <laughs> he showed us all.
1: Hey, Kansas City won one.
0: They did, and it was amazing. And and I thought to myself, "There's no way that that a miracle can occur twice. We're going to get our asses kicked." <laughs> and and uh, and then and and Ohio State fans were so nice when we showed up.
1: I guess I think they knew, like, "Oh, this is cute. Right. We're going to kick OU's ass again, right. just like we did last year." And uh,
0: but fast forward to me watching Baker plant the flag, and I will always remember that.
1: It was beautiful. It was one of those yeah. moments where. I'm still, like, in a state of, like, euphoric shock that we've won on the road against Ohio State, and Baker's, like, running around the stadium with the flag, and then he cuts towards, like, midfield, and I'm like, oh, my God, what is he going to do? And then he starts, like, waving the flag on, on the midfield logo, and I'm like, this is not going to be nationally received very well. Nope. I don't give a damn. Nope. <laughs> no, they hate us anyway? You yeah. know
0: that's 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 the deal with it, with OU is I, you know look it's us against the world, and and it was us like our, our group of people were kind of talking to each other and I saw him start running I was like guys Baker's Baker's doing something, <laughs> and then he did that and we went wild and then I don't you, I'm sure you know like Wikipedia page was temporarily changed to say that
1: the owner of the of the stadium was was, yeah oh it's beautiful these are these are beautiful moments and now cleveland fans and ohio football fans love him that's right that is the true power of baker mayfield
0: and the true power of sports
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's like we hate you No, now we love you brought the browns to the playoffs and should have really brought them to the afc title game and then their defense went uh mike stoops on them and uh yeah couldn't tackle chad Henney. i mean my next question for us was going to be favorite moments. We've kind of already bulldozed yeah, about that, through I <laughs> mean, we bulldozed through a handful of them. But I mean, outside of Bedlam, outside of uh, the national title game in 2000, technically 2001. I mean, is there anything else that stands out? Just the, l- the
0: loudest game I've ever been to. Well, OU Tech, my freshman year. 2008. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was
0: Tr- testing the structural integrity of Gaylord Memorial Stadium.
1: It. So much happened that day. So like a lot of people forget. OU played Gardner-Webb in basketball earlier that day. Gardner-Webb had just been to like a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8 the year before. They weren't, they're not a basketball powerhouse, but that was Blake Griffin's sophomore year. So you have the eventual number one overall pick in the NBA draft playing, you know, wearing an OU jersey. And me and my cousin and I, we went to that game around 11, 12 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Finished the game, then we walked to our tailgate down in campus. And Tech fans, like we were passing Tech fans, and they were just so sure. They were so sure that we just beat Texas, we beat the crap out of Oklahoma State in Lubbock, this is our year. And they were just shit-talking over and over, and I'm just like, guys, you've never been here. You've never been on this stage. OU's already got their one loss out of the way, they lost to Texas, so... I, I feel bad for you. And, my goodness, they were leaving in droves in the second quarter. It was – that was so much fun. <laughs> it was uh, – I mean, Sam Bra- – like, the, that team, Sam, I'm still – anytime someone brings up the 08 team or the Florida Orange Bowl, I get so upset. That team should have won a national title.
0: Yeah, that was painful. And it was – I mean, it was exciting. We, you know, we were talking about your first experience – you know, thinking that OU is going to be winning championships every year because it was the first time you watched. Yeah. Well, it was my first year at OU, and we got the Heisman Trophy, and we were going to the national championship, and I'm like, "Well, oh, we're going to win it," and it's gonna just, this is just going to be my college experience. Yeah. Yikes! Yikes! <laughs> I even went back to grad school in hopes that you know I could still be an OU student when we uh, when we won another one, and we got so close.
1: I know, like my uh, I thought it was destiny for me. So in. Not to make you feel, I mean, you're, I think you're one year older than me. But my dad, when he was a senior in high school, he was a senior in high school in 1985, OU won the national title. I was a senior in high school in 2008, so I thought, okay, this is what's supposed to be. We're going to win a national title just like my dad did when he was in high school. And that didn't happen. And then I got to OU and unfortunately for me I don't know how you feel about this particular player I went to school primarily through the Landry Jones era so it was a lot of you know, I describe my fan experience during that period as apathy it's like okay I'm here and I know how this movie's gonna end oh, you know well. what's
0: wild is on, on paper the guy was turning in good work but yes he was an uninspiring athlete just I, I hate to say that but but it was uh, I mean it's yeah, it, 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 it's sad. There are people
1: that are good at their jobs, but they just don't inspire, like, I want to go into work and kick ass today. Exactly right. And that was not how I just, I would describe Landry Jones. Very good at his job, just, yeah, I'm going to cut corners today. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I saw him a couple times on campus, and it was, it, you know, that's always exciting when you see an athlete on campus. Yeah. Uh, and when I was in grad school, I had, um, had Joe Mixon in my class, and one day I stopped, I, I saw him on the South Oval, and he stopped to talk to me, and Baker Mayfield wandered up, and I just, what is this life? (laughs) What is this life?
1: (laughs) I mean, unfortunately, a lot of my experiences with OU players when I was in school was at the Huff. Like, I played a three-on-three basketball tournament with some of my friends, and we were fairly good. You know, we were having a lot of fun, and then we play a three-on-three team of Gabe Eichard, Trey Millard, and Blake Bell, and the smallest guy amongst them was Gabe Eichard. He was about 6'2". I think Trey Millard was 6'4", and Blake Bell is a Greek, like a Viking overlord god, and he's six foot six. And I was just like, "Why are you guys here? <laughs> this is for us."
0: I remember seeing Blake Bell on campus. He, he and I are the same size, and uh, he looks so much more impressive.
1: Beautiful human being, Blake Bell. Yeah, uh, the belldozer. There was bell-dozer. a, uh, <laughs> I um, there was this girl that I knew. Uh, we had a class together, and I saw her at a, uh, I saw her at seven forty seven one night, and. I got enough liquid courage in me to go up and talk to her. And it's like, Hey, hey, we've got this class. And we started chatting it up for about 10 minutes. And I thought it was going fairly well for like an initial like chat. And then she's like, Oh, one second, my friend's here. I was like, okay. And then she walked past me and then I turn around and it was Blake Bell. And I was like, ah, and then that, that ended, that's over. And then I've lost. <laughs> Damn.
0: I remember my, um, I can't remember what year. I had to be a senior. I think I, the athletic department, uh, had me like do random little promotional events around campus. Like I remember doing a bingo thing, and I like I did the I did like the the in the middle of inning like games at the baseball games, like the stuff that people really don't pay attention to and really don't want you to pick them for, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but in exchange, they gave me like free OU athletic department gear. So I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm as tall as as a as an athlete, and I was wearing like athletic department issued clothing and i remember showing up to a to a to a a class in one of the big auditoriums the first day and blake bell i think brennan clay were sitting together is that right uh and they look back and they wave at me and they like like they know me and i come down and i sit with them and we're talking for a while and like what's happening these guys just like like me think i'm cool It, it it comes out that uh, they thought that I was the compliance guy that was coming to check and make sure that they were in class.
1: <laughs> no, we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. So and you're like, cool. I I don't care. Like, how are you guys doing? Yep,
0: <laughs> that was my that was my moment.
1: <laughs> no, um, I mean, even I, at, you know, I'm easily five foot eleven. I was actually bartending here a few days ago, and I had a no you shirt on, and a customer came up and said, Hey, d- did you play football to you? <laughs> I was like, I wish. <laughs> no, I um, I'm too short and i am too slow and in college i don't necessarily remember a lot of it <laughs> even though it was
0: you did your part as a fan
1: i did That's my part i like. did my part and now i'm just i'm just reminded that that i graduated 7 years ago and oh Isn't that boy wild man it's not wild here's the um, or actually your favorite player growing up this is going to be like fun and unique to everybody because some people are going to go like the easy route to so like Adrian Peterson. It's like, yeah, he's actually my favorite OU player of all time since I've been watching football. But then there are going to be some people that say like Walking and just because they came around at a time where you were like impressionable or you were growing up and that was just your favorite player and that has never changed into your adult years.
0: I'm trying to think, and that's hard because there's a few people who were impre- like made an impression on me. It would have to be somebody that I. That was that was playing when I was in college, uh, I, you know what I, I, I gravitate towards tight ends because my freshman year Bob I met Bob Stoops and uh, I was in President's Leadership Class PLC and uh, the one of the one of the one like one of our advisors introduced me to Bob and was just razzing me and be like wouldn't he have been a good football player and no I wouldn't have because <laughs> it requires talent you know and uh, don't have that but um, he said oh yeah. Could have been tight end, and I always thought about that. Uh, so then I like watched closely the tight ends, and then the friends, some, some of my friends and I, we always believed, you know, coaches aren't they're not utilizing the tight ends enough. That would be our sort of. Oh, go-to. of course. And then uh, a guy named Trent Rattery uh,
1: got got some got some carries, and I have some Air Force One signed by him. No kidding. Like, like after a spring game, I I like all the players were outside of the stadium, and I didn't have anything to sign. And I was like, "Here, sign these red and white Air Force ones," and I still have them in my closet. <laughs> I, that's
0: I, I love that, and and he he would love that too. And I so there were one night I was at, uh, I was waiting in line at Pickleman's for my for my pepperoni pizza, and I'm waiting in line with Trent Rattery, and I'm I for some reason know know that it's him, and I, that's not me. So I was like, "Are you are you Trent?" And he said, "Yeah," and I introduced myself. Well, fast forward, we are friends now. There you go.
1: In it, in IRL, we just we just followed each other on Twitter, like. A few weeks ago, and you know, every time because every once in a while somebody OU related will follow me on Twitter, and then I'll think, oh, I gotta watch what I say now. Right. <laughs> Not right. that I've ever smirched the great name of Trent Rattery, but um, you know, some I, I I'm a fan. I don't I don't pr- I don't pretend to be like I'm a media guy and right. I'm, I'm covering OU in an unbiased way. No, I'm a fan, and sometimes fans say crazy conspiratorial bullshit things and i've i've never admitted to be in, being a uh, wise person in control of their emotions all the time so unfortunately i've said a lot of very emotional very emotional things on podcasts but it's kind of my outlet sure i've said many emotional things on social media that i wish that i could take back but S- won't. seriously like we talked about this also before we went on uh, there needs to be like a local OKC politics or just Oklahoma politics podcast. And if there isn't one already out there, I'm sure there's probably one. I just unfortunately haven't heard of it. If so, point at my point at my direction. If not, though, you need to start one just so you can come home from the Capitol. If you're angry about something and just scream into a microphone, because let me tell you the therapeutic ways that it, it helps me out in my life. <laughs> you know what? That's
0: actually a really... Good point. My, the way that I get that frustration out these days is usually when we have a bill come up, uh, I, I I slide into the debates and um, usually have my have my piece, but uh, I don't get to do that on everything. Sometimes things happen that I don't get to comment on in my official way, and you might be right. And and I do, you know, really there needs to be a solution to this problem where uh, folks folks who are politically engaged uh, at the local level. The, the only information they can find um, about politics is usually at the state level, at the bare minimum, or, or just federal politics, yeah. national politics. There's so much going on at the local level. And uh, my wife's on the school board, for example. They make decisions that can affect the lives of parents and children tomorrow. Uh, her, her her job, and they have a meeting tonight, uh, could, could impact your, de- your day in a positive or negative way tomorrow. Uh, my job... Our our legislation we meet once a year and our the, you know the laws that we create take effect later on that year and it's so it's not as much of a, an impact on your day to day life but anyway that's a whole that's a whole other thing this is a sports podcast
1: <laughs> don't worry I've got some political questions coming um, that I didn't prep you for nice nothing nothing too extreme I and mean, we're not gonna. We're not going to be divisive here, but the last thing is going to be. Challenge accepted. The last thing is going to be name association, and you were like, okay, like how are we going <laughs> to do this? And I'm not going to say like Jimbo Elrond. I'm not going to, like I am the history nerd. I'm, I'm the weird person. Tell me
0: about Jimbo Elrond.
1: Uh, actually, shout out Ryan Chapman. We were um, we were not debating this, but he, he brought up the question of was he a tight end or a eight, was he an H-back? Was, what was he if he played in today's game? You know, so a, a wishbone era player playing in 2021. What type of player is he? What position is he? So um, great player.
0: What conclusion did you come to?
1: Now, like if you're asking me on the spot, I would probably say he's going to be a Jeremiah Hall type. And any of the older generational fans that are listening to this podcast, feel free to destroy me. I did not <laughs> prep for that. So <laughs> sorry. I, shout yeah, out to this you, is for your podcast. This is your <laughs> podcast. I'm sorry. So name association is very simple. I'm going to say a name. They're going to be either directly involved with OU football or somewhat involved, and I just want you to say the first thing that comes to mind. So it's just basically an ink plot. I'm showing you a picture. What comes to mind? Perfect. So we'll start off very easily. Bob Stoops. His hands. I'm sorry. <laughs> his hands. His weird. Little <laughs> not his championships. Not greatness. Oh, I, not. I, <laughs> just his hands. He's. I love per, him. What per, a guy. His hands are weird. Particularly his hand with the pinky, right? Yeah, the pinky just pops n- out. Not his hands. His hands. It's the. Yeah, you get it. Is there a Twitter account? Like, <laughs> does Bob Stoops's pinky have a Twitter account? There will be by the time this <laughs> bar- <laughs> podcast is is published. Okay, Bob Stoops. We got him out of the way. Sam Bradford. Pencil. Uh, he let me
0: borrow. He let me borrow a pencil one day, um, and I never gave it back. <laughs> it's it's hanging up on my wall at home. Now. That's the worst part. It's not. I don't know where it is either. But I didn't. I didn't give it back.
1: So I mean, obviously, Sam was. He was in college before. I mean, he. His last year at OU was my freshman year of college, and I went to Rose State first because I was silly in high school and didn't take it seriously and had to go the community college route. Nothing wrong with that because you can still get to wherever you want to go through community college. Rose State Mm -hmm. was great for me. Uh, But Sam and Kyler Murray are the two big-time OU players that I've, like around my time of being an adult, a young man, young adult, whatever you want to consider it, those are the two players that I've heard little to nothing about their – off the field lives, so hearing a story, a testimonial about you borrowing a pencil from Sam Bradford—that's like okay, so he exists off the field. Yeah, and he was a studious guy. Uh, that was in the uh, the great reading room. Oh, the don't you dare make a damn! Se- how did you ask him a question? <laughs> <laughs> uh, whispering
0: is permitted if you if it's not audible beyond like three feet away from you. Uh, but my Were you like Psst, Sam Bradford, <laughs> my my pen went out, and I think it was pretty obvious that my pen went out. Uh, and I couldn't, like, I was looking around, and that's—I mean, really, that, I think that's a testament to Sam Bradford. I was a nobody; he was like, "I got a pen for you," and, and I mean, he didn't even—he didn't say that. He just—he just—it was—it was—it was wordless,
1: uh, and he will never remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows?
0: He might. He might be looking for that pencil.
1: Yeah, he'll jump on the OKC Politics podcast yeah. with you someday, and then go, "I'm still waiting for my pencil back. I'll you stole it." it. I'll get it. (laughs) You thief. (laughs) It was a mechanical pencil. Fully loaded with lead. Fully loaded. Fully loaded. This name is kind of important now in the news today. And he played against OU. Tim Tebow. (laughs) If that's a word, can that be the word? Just visible sigh.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, like, PTSD about about that. About, you know, that was my freshman year. (sighs) Ah, I just, yeah, I mean a heavy sigh really is my first and then the second one is well i'll just go with the first one <laughs> <laughs> how does how is he done in his is he still playing baseball now
1: actually he just got He's apparently signing a deal to be a tight end with Jacksonville. Get out of town because I mean, Urban Meyer's their coach now. He played for Urban Meyer, so oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't. This is clearly like from Urban Meyer's perspective. This is just I need to get somebody in here that's influential that will just help, help me coach in sure. the locker room, help players buy in. And for Tim Tebow, it's just another vanity project because your time to play tight end in the league was seven eight years ago and that time has passed but that's, that's a whole roster of people to give his book out to oh he'll be a signed copy he'll heal people that's right you know like he'll he's the team healer we'll go with that let him let him just let him do his work another player who played against ou colt mccoy oh man you know what what is it about texas and that and and I, a
0: brief serious moment very um prayers to the the uh, Ellinger family for oh, the loss of their yeah. their son but um there is a there is a really interesting pattern to me I don't know I mean there was the McCoy boys then there were the Ellingers am I pronouncing that right I don't know anyway it, it, it's fine Ellinger. Ellinger uh but uh yeah no Colt was yeah I don't know um my 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 initial reaction was sort of like a begrudging begrudging respect
1: yeah, he was definitely a player that it was hard to n- hate him to not like him. Yeah, you got to respect it. Yeah, like he would just get his he would get up after getting his ass handed to him and go make a play and he wouldn't he he wouldn't go overboard in his trash talk. He would trash talk appropriately when when it applied.
0: Yeah, no, I feel, I feel like he I feel like he probably grew up that way being underestimated.
1: And he bled his like he lived, breathed and bled his uh his program, yeah. which is why I think a lot of OU fans love Baker because, I mean, the way I kind of see him is he's basically a fan playing football. Absolutely. Like, if I was talented enough to play OU football or to play football for OU at a, you know, play quarterback, that's how I would act. He I made, would act like a trash-talking little son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> he, ma- he made you feel like he wanted to play for us. You know, yeah. we, and, and we're – because there's been so much less sports lately – so much more attention paid to who's committing where and there's sort of this feeling of gratitude for these you know high profile athletes that are that are committing to, to OU or you know committing wherever they are there's a lot of emotions to go with that you didn't you felt like he fought to be there and when you think about that in retrospect my gosh the guy one one of the best and and he he fought to play for us and i so i'll always love him for that reason
1: he deserved a national title, too. <laughs> Damn right, he did. Damn Last right. one's going to be another easy one. Lincoln Riley.
0: Just smiles. I mean, the guy. I, I like the guy. Um, I'm, I'm impressed by him. My wife is, has a crush on him. Um, <laughs> and, and so she's
1: slowly converting to being an OU fan. <laughs> that's
0: right. And she actually, she begrudgingly respects uh, Baker now, too, for, for his work at Cleveland. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I nice. I know that's probably not what he wants to hear, and he may do like a... Kevin Durant rebrand you know Lincoln Riley's not nice but uh <laughs> but he is and uh he's he gives me that same feeling like
1: he's got some coach Eric Taylor vibes from Friday Night Lights yeah
0: and we <laughs> that's true but we know like we know that he we know if we hadn't secured him that he'd, he'd have gone somewhere else and done what he's doing here or somewhere I know else. and so I'm 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 grateful to to Bob uh, and, I'm, and I'm grateful to Lincoln, for and I'm grateful to the, to, to the, the program for, uh, um, for, for keeping him here. And, and, and I think my hope is that he'll be a long-term guy. You just don't, in sports anymore, you just don't see people. You know, my guy, uh, Patrick Mahomes, signed a 10-year contract, and, and that was so, we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but, the, but, but the idea that, that you could have an athlete of that caliber that stays with one team you just don't see it anymore. Uh, people chase people chase championships. They're doing it at the college level now too, and there's a whole conversation to be had about that. I fully respect autonomy for for athletes, but it is there is something there's something to be said about that kind of loyalty.
1: Oh yeah, no question. It's uh, it, it's weird because I remember like when Lincoln Riley was named the head coach, and there were already conversations about like not necessarily is he going to be good enough, but like how long do you think he'll be here if he is as good as we think he is. And a lot of talk. There was a lot of people that said, like, I don't know if you're going to be able to keep him away from the NFL. And we're already entering year five. Like, that's the thing about sports is it moves so quickly. Yeah, it sure like, does. You, like we sit here and kind of laugh at the obscurity of a ten-year contract, with Patrick Mahomes. We'll blink and we'll be four or five years into it. Yeah. And it's just like, where did the time go? <laughs> well, thinking. Of it, yeah, I mean, go,
0: go. I mean, you think about KD and Westbrook. Some of the players that come through here, I know this were sports switching here, but oh. it, it is amazing to just, like, you blink and all of a sudden these folks that you remember as like sort of young, hungry players are, are on the back end of their careers now. But what is your answer to uh, whether Lincoln Riley is as good as he was uh, advertised?
1: I think he's proven a ton, and I think 2021 obviously is a big year for Oklahoma. I also think it's a gigantic year for Lincoln Riley because there are, you know, no coach is perfect. Alabama fans can sit here and pick and nitpick on Nick Saban's coaching because Nick Saban, as great as he is, is not perfect as well. He has his flaws that have crept in, in and out over his career uh, from time to time. Lincoln Riley, like with, with me, it's just been kind of a problem over the last few years of keeping your foot on the gas. But at the same time, having Jalen hurts as your quarterback, handicapped the offense. And then last year, having an inexperienced team that didn't have an off season because of the pandemic going directly into a football season you know they showed a lot of signs of symptoms of being a young team now how much of that is Lincoln Riley's coaching like in game how much of that was just those reasons that I just gave out we're gonna find out this year we're gonna find out truly just how elite Lincoln Riley is or just how he's elite but he's not the same breath as Saban or he's not in the same breath as not career legacy wise but I mean in terms of this year. We're going to find out so much about Lincoln Riley. And if OU does what they're supposed to do, they go through their schedule unfazed, get to the playoff, win a playoff game at the very least, then I think, yeah, Lincoln Riley, is he's the guy. And then the next question is just going to be, can we win a national title perhaps more before he potentially goes the way of Cliff Kingsbury and goes to the NFL?
0: And how insane is that, by the way? I mean, what a, what a lucky guy.
1: Cliff is going to probably get fired this year if he um, – if they flame out the end of the year again, he's gone. Another one that my wife has a crush on, and I do not. I, I do not forgive her for it. Another beautiful man. He is a beautiful man, but my God, like he's not a winner. <laughs> you you, you want to talk about you talk about the epitome of failing up? You know what I mean? Him and Lane Kiffin have like they need to write a they need to co-author a book about, hey, you fucked up. Don't worry about it. You failed. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It can be better. Yes. Just smile and wear Ray Bans. Okay, so questions i didn't necessarily prep you for but they're they're, they're questions you're going to be fairly like able to answer i i I feel like so you were just named the co-chairman of the sportsman caucus (laughs) now exactly what is that sure yeah yeah not quite uh not quite
0: like sports like you would think um this was a caucus that started at the federal level at the congressional level several years ago by um Bill Brewer, who was a member of Congress for a while from Oklahoma, and Dan Boren, who was obviously a member of Congress for a while, uh, and it w- the idea of it was to get Cong- members of Congress from both parties out of the Capitol and interacting with one another, sort of outside of the auspices of of the office. Yeah. and you know, in, in politics, there is a lot of there's a lot of uh, after work, happy hours, and and dinners together, and things like that. But it's all within this sort of the construct of this. And it's always uh, around some issue or bill, so the idea was that we would get people out, enjoying nature and enjoying each other, and uh, and and I'm I was pleased to, to be asked. I'm the most there's there's not many rural members of the Democratic Caucus anymore, and so I'm I'm here um, because. Uh, because I, I made the most sense I guess to the Republican that that asked me, but you, <laughs> th- they they prefer to have a Democratic and a Republican co-chair of each of each uh, chamber in each state. So that's me, and I, and our whole goal is to to promote hunting and fishing and um, and conservation. And the conservation part to me was really was really I, I like that a whole lot. But also you know Oklahoma does have a whole lot to uh, to offer. And as a sort of I know died in the wool progressive Democrat in Oklahoma, it's it's I think it provides me an opportunity to to have a platform to talk about talk about what you know what, what hunting and fishing means to Oklahomans yeah I mean I don't want to wade into anything divisive but you have a conversation about guns in America and there are a lot of people who don't understand what it's like to be from a rural state and you know we live in Oklahoma City now but you, you can't throw a cat without knowing somebody
1: that hunts what all the time. what is it more than half or just less than half of the population is rural in Oklahoma or is it far more than that
0: it's it's le- it's it's half or less at this point, just because of sort of migration to cities. Yeah,
1: I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's not just Oklahoma City, more Edmond, Norman, and Tulsa, and then no one else cares. Like it's a substantial amount of this right. state. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
0: I grew up in Bartlesville, which is outside of Tulsa, but but significantly outside, and um, and yeah, there are a lot of unique ident- identities out there, and there's some beautiful public lands out there that we um, that that we should be promoting more. And so that's my hope is that I'll be able to do that and breed some some um, some bipartisanship. It'll be, it'll, it yeah, it'll be great because I I certainly have a reputation at the Capitol for speaking my mind. That's uh, yeah, that's, and that's good. And and I think that true bipartisanship and true solutions to what I think everybody thinks of as problems in government, which is just our hyperpartisanship, is not is not moderating yourself because I can't change my opinions. That's just how I how I feel about things. Yeah. Um, just like my Republican colleagues can't, what we can do is not be assholes to each other about it. And that's the idea, is that we can get out of the Capitol and, and not be talking about a bill or an issue, but instead be talking about you know, preserving these beautiful public lands that we have in Oklahoma.
1: Shut the hell up. Now watch this drive, basically, is what yes. you are just saying. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, you, I, I wanted to get on to something that you kind of touched on a little bit, but it's something that I, like, with my limited understanding of oklahoma local state politics um, it's something that i've kind of been a little bit not passionate about i don't want to lie to you but it's something that i've certainly brought up to people that are i'm close to but like what exactly goes into promoting outdoor activities in small oklahoma towns and the reason why is because a lot of the listeners of this podcast i know a handful of them they live in towns that you wouldn't be able to name off like when you're rattling off oklahoma cities oklahoma towns they're not going to be at the top of your list but Again, like, it just tells me that, and it' not necessarily something I need to be reminded of, but, like, there are people out there who care. And I would assume, having lived in small towns myself, it's easy to feel like you've, you've been forgotten. Absolutely. So, like, when you're trying to go out to spread whatever message, spread whatever word you're trying to, like, what goes into that with small Oklahoma communities?
0: Well, obviously, o- Oklahoma, um, at the Capitol, we have access to, to folks who represent organizations that promote um, weird little things that happen across the state. Yeah. So that's part of it. But also, any listener that's listening, and I, I sincerely mean this, if there's something quirky or fun or, or interesting about your area, please let me know because we, we would love to highlight that. Um, and I, I'll give credit where it's due to Matt Pinnell, the lieutenant governor, who's done an incredible job of promoting Oklahoma. Um, when I was in college, uh, I would rarely ever have cash for the Turnpike, so I would take Route 66 back from Oklahoma City up to Tulsa and then take 75 north to Bartlesville. Yeah. And, uh, and um, sorry, my wife is showing up, she's just so distracting. <laughs> um, but But I enjoyed seeing the little towns along the way, and I try to do that when I have time. It takes about 20 or 30 extra minutes to get from Tulsa to Oklahoma city via route 66 it takes
1: an hour and 45 to get to Tulsa, no matter where you're from. It's kind of true. It's kind of annoying. Truly. It's still from Stillwater. It's still an hour and 45. <laughs> it's just,
0: <laughs> and I always overestimate how fast like I, Oh yeah, I can make it in time. Nope. Never can. <laughs> but, um, I highly recommend it. Oklahoma is full of, of beautiful, small places that, uh, that deserve attention. And so my, my hope is that not, not just with the hunting and fishing, but also with the conservation stuff, um, highlighting what oklahoma has to offer
1: yeah and another thing that i've been kind of really trying to trumpet especially over the last handful of months considering what we've all had to deal with is have you noticed any type of difference or increase in people wanting to be wanting to be more active because luxuries have been taken away from them like there's no concerts there's no you can't go into games you can't do this you can't go into movie theaters so i might as well go jog i might as well go play golf or go fish or go you know something active yeah, I've
0: done all those things actually to to sort of get through <laughs> this. Um, and yes, we had so we had like our, our kickoff reception. So Kevin Wallace is the Republican co chairman of, of uh, Sportsman's sportsmen's caucus at the Capitol on the House side, and I'm the, and we had so this is his first year doing it, my first year doing it. And so we we sort of had a kickoff reception and the number of Republicans and Democrats, both who came uh, specifically the Democrats, I think, is is what surprised a lot of people. But, yes, there are just within our uh, within my workplace, uh, there's a lot more interest. Um, And I think that not just about like being stir crazy, but also being stuck in your in your own environment for so long makes you more curious about what's out there and um i think that that's that's a beautiful silver lining to what's what we've all been through over the last year uh and that's that you know i hope i hope that people will go out and explore um and because we are opening up a little bit but it's still dicey to travel travel local staycations and and try to you know go go to the great salt plains go go to robber's cave go to Ho town go up to the black mesa see you know oklahoma has one of like three or four uh, I can't remember what it's called, but for stargazing, like super dark um, places, there's a certification. But anyway, we have one up in the Panhandle, and you can go out and you can see the stars in a way that you can't see it um, anywhere near a city. So yeah. there's all sorts of stuff out there that I hope people will um, people will engage in before football season comes.
1: <laughs> well, again, we got four months, and it's yeah. uh, I mean, this state knows. Like, I know there are baseball fans out there. I like playing baseball, but. When that's the only sport on TV, it's just like, can not we please hurry up, football? <laughs> Did you watch some of the FCS uh, semifinals? No, I didn't. I watched that's that. Oh gosh, what was it, man? S- I mean, you've already mentioned the Energy twice now. I, I ha- I always have the Barton when the Energy are in town playing. Oh and yeah. Like I, I've wanted to go to an Energy game like as a fan oh, for the longest to. time. Yeah. But none of my, like, admittedly, none of my friends are big into soccer. Sure. So. I don't want to go with them because I'll have questions. Yeah. They're not going to be able to
0: answer them. <laughs> come come with us sometimes. I'm sure Meg would, would not mind me giving you her ticket every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but she is a rabid fan. But sometimes, you know what, we'll just do it after the next time she gets, you know, temporarily
1: suspended from the stadium for vulgar comments it happens it happens she's got a bit of a get escorted out I mean there's nothing wrong with that I mean my last question to you Forrest and again thank you for coming on the the Twitter handle is it just at Forrest Bennett or
0: yep two R's F-O-R-R-E-S-T B-E-N-N-E-T-T lots of double letterings
1: there you go Uh, I mean my last question is just going to be an easy like so what do you think OU's record is going to be next year? But because your lovely wife came and sat down next to you, what <laughs> do you think the score is going to be between OU and OSU this year? Yeah, I think we're, we'll get that W. <laughs> I think we're going to go ahead and do that. Uh, and, and it's m- not something you brag about, right? No,
0: I, really, honestly, and she will maybe or maybe not say that this is true. But I, like, we've never watched the game in the same zip code, and we will not. That's <laughs> I think a healthy part of our our marriage. But um, when when we when we win, uh, I I will I will try to like like I'll take off my OU shirt and just put on like a neutral shirt oh, of course. when she gets home. Just to, no, I don't want to I don't want to rub it in, but I, I give it a, I give it a couple of days and then I say, uh, how about that game? <laughs> Did you catch the game the other day? Because. Uh, my team caught it. <laughs> you guys missed a few times. Oh, God. I, now that I say that, I'm, I'm knocking on wood because I, I do hope that we win. I really am hoping for a triumphant year because last year was weird. And I- even if we had won the national championship, it would have been different. And, it w- and there would have always been an asterisk. And not the kind of asterisk that Texas puts <laughs> on their walls. But uh, there would have been an asterisk that this was a, this was a year that, that uh, was a little weird. Um, but next year, I think I think Oklahoma is on track to be a, a, a for, for the for the stadium to be open, yeah. Um, and, um, and and at capacity. So, man, if you're listening to this and you haven't gotten your vaccine yet, do that because OU football depends on you.
1: Yes, I want to have all the same luxuries I enjoyed two years ago. I yes. want to Go to shows, go to concerts. I miss movie theaters. Me too. I miss football games, basketball games. Hell, covering the Thunder in an empty arena is. It's it's not – I'm not going to say surreal because that sounds interesting. It's not interesting. Sure. <laughs> Especially when they've lost 20 of their last 21 games. Yeah, but that is – For a purpose. Yeah. It's for
0: a grander you got, purpose. you got to respect that <laughs> teamwork <laughs> because you, we don't have enough draft picks.
1: Did you see that stat last night? In their last 14 or 15 games, they've been outscored by like 490 points combined, Mm. and it's the most by far in NBA history. See, that's
0: one of those stats like OU has more playoff losses than anybody else.
1: we got to find ways,
0: (laughs) all right, (laughs) to be a top 10 state.
1: (laughs) Forrest, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. I support you. Thank you so much for – I mean, every time, the few times you've been in here when we're podcasting, kind words, truly appreciate it, and I'm glad you got to jump on a pod with me.
0: Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much.
1: Everybody, thank you so much. And once again, if you uh, want to feel, I mean, if you want to be on a podcast and get interviewed for your OU fandom, we've got four months to have fun. So let's have fun with it. So just hit me up on Twitter, and we can go from there. But for Forrest Bennett, Brady Trantham here, everybody, thank you so much. Boomer Sooner, and we'll talk to you on Thursday when Keegan and I are here at Vanessa House. Sayonara.